HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Support comes from the Pennsylvania Hemp Summit, November 14th and 15th, convening hemp industry stakeholders to learn, connect, and grow. Details at pahempsummit.com. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Welcome! Leave it in. Whoa! Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast that used to be about food. It's about all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with me, your host, Al Pacino. Hua! <laughs> I thought you were being like Howard Stern or something. <laughs> I was, but I did a quick pivot to Al Pacino and his radio days. Ah, yes. Um, and me, your co-host, I don't, I can't think of anybody. Howard Stern. See? <laughs> Perfect. Oh my God. What's, Howard who's Stern. Who's Howard Stern's co-host is the woman? Robin. Robin. Yeah. That's me. Hood. Yeah. Robin Hood. <laughs> Men in tights. Robin of Loxley. <laughs> Well, Zara, your hair is so long. I know. Isn't it crazy? I haven't, like, really straightened it in months and months. It's been curly, so it seems like it's short. But it is extremely long. In fact, I could probably throw it down if I was locked in a tower. Yeah. And uh, a man could crawl up it and make love to me in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only live on the second story, so it wouldn't have to be that long. <laughs> That's true. Anyone could really do it, yeah, I guess. Probably. If you live on my floor. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? You know what? I have a nagging like cough. Oh no. Uh that I'm beginning to worry could be cancer. See, but Armin, I'm not the only that, one who coughs, okay? <laughs> aside from that, I'm fine. I guess it could be because I've been smoking a lot recently. Mm, yes. I smoked several cigarettes last night. How many? Like five. That's a lot. In one night, did you have any like in the rest of the day? No. Okay. But that's a lot so, because it was in a short period of time, you know, like probably like any three hours time. Yes. And also like you smoke American spirits and I feel like those are like smoking like a wooden leg. They're very <laughs> severe. <laughs> yes. that They're actually made out of little pieces of wooden legs. That's, that's like, that's the American spirit. 
<laughs> the American spirit now with more wooden leg in every puff. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of wooden legs, our friend of the pod had a baby on the three days ago. Oh, right. Yes. Friend of the pod famously has two wooden legs two and wooden two legs. wooden arms. Yes. Fully wood. All wood. Congratulations, you wooden lady. <laughs> Congratulations, you. You know who you are. That's so exciting. Yeah. And you've seen the baby. You texted me. Thank God this baby is actually cute, yes. so I don't have to pretend. That is right. Because Angela, <laughs> doxing in here, um, she and I both are, like, not going to, you know, if they're baby, not all babies are cute. Okay? That's just a That's fact. That's true. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to be the type who would lie and be like, this baby is cute. And Angela and I both are like, ugly babies are, we always talk shit about them. (laughs) Yeah, as one should, whispering behind the back of an ugly baby. Yeah, this baby. But thankfully, Angela made a baby that was cute, so we don't have to worry about any of that. The baby is very cute. You showed me, shared a picture of the baby with me, and I can affirm it's extremely cute. It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode when, like, Elaine sees like a picture of like her friend's baby or she sees the actual baby and she like recoils in horror and almost vomits because it's so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like how, and I always think when I watch that episode, like how ugly could this baby possibly be that it's going to make her like vomit? vomit? No, she just hates babies (laughs) in general. Yeah. She's a soulless bitch. (laughs) I love Seinfeld. I've been watching, like, all I can really handle emotionally right now is watching just old episodes of Seinfeld. And let me tell you, what a laugh riot. Folks, I know not many of you have probably seen this program. It's pronounced (laughs) Seinfeld. (laughs) Not Seinfeld. Like I always said it was. (laughs) Seinfelden. I, I'm loving it. I'm bop, 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 loving it. Um, yes, the McDonald's theme song never fails us. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess it's not their theme song. It's their, like, jingle or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, they don't have a theme. There's, the soundtrack they don't have to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's what I call McDonald's volume. <laughs> I would buy that. Yeah, sure. So would I. But it's a lot of Justin Timberlake on there. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, speaking um, Nicole, of pop stars, did you hear that Aaron Carter died? Or is it Aaron Carter? Did I hear? I was flown out for the funeral <laughs> by the family. That's <laughs> not funny. That's not funny. What um, kind of funny? I did hear. A little bit funny. I was personally flown out by the family. <clears throat> yeah, I did hear uh, I don't you know, really, drugs. I wasn't familiar with him at all. Um yeah, you weren't an Aaron Carter completist. No, his brother is Nick Carter, who's in yeah. one of the boy bands. Hot. <laughs> the boy band Hot. <laughs> 98 Degrees was hot, but it was warm, but this is hot. 98 Degrees is really, as a temperature, is hot, for sure. Yeah, like it's hot outside, it's but hot. it's not hot. Yeah. But like for water. <laughs> For water. Yeah, it's like not boiling if it's 98. No, it's tepid. <laughs> but like if you Barely got feel in, it. no, if you got in a bathtub that was 98 degrees, it'd be too hot. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> Nick Carter and all the other people. <laughs> Nick Lachey, all the Nicks. <laughs> Saint Nick. <laughs> Saint Nick. Nick Cage. Nick, Nick Cave. <laughs> 
They were all in 98 degrees bathtub. <laughs> that is going to have to be before the show. That's going to be a big, big bathtub. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, in this scenario, we're wealthy enough to have a giant bathtub that fits every mm-hmm. nick. Exactly. A bathtub full of nicks. Um, <clears throat> what were you going to say, though, before I rudely interrupted you? No, I think I was just going to ask if there was any celebrity gossip, and I think you, yeah. you know, well, nailed it, obviously. Worry. There's more. So, okay, so I sent you an Instagram post mm. where we see Ben Affleck, who is, you know, this whole time we knew that he was in this fucking Dunkin' Donuts. He can't stop going there. He's only there like six times a day. <laughs> He's hooked. He's six or seven times. He eats all of his meals there. <laughs> He works there. <laughs> he works there. Um, and that's just something that we've accepted about him, you know? To the yeah. point where I just kind of like, I'm like, whatever, this guy obviously is getting money from Dunkin' Donuts. Um, but recently, he was photographed with his wife of several minutes, Jennifer Lopez, um, together. He indoctrinated her into this fucking Dunkin' Donuts craze. Um, and so I wanted yeah. to find out more. So I literally Googled that, like Ben and Jen Dunkin' Donuts. And I found <laughs> oh my God. this article title that I thought was so hilarious um, from the Animated Times. I don't know. I'm assuming wow. that they just cover mostly like cartoons. <laughs> Cartoon violence. <laughs> um, but this is the title of the article, which, of course, I did not read. Um, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck drags Jennifer Lopez to Dunkin' Donuts despite pop star's obsession with health amidst divorce rumors caused by the Batman star's constant smoking. (laughs) Oh my God. What a headline. It has it all, folks. Yes. Divorce rumors. First of all, I would not like note Ben Affleck for being in Batman. Like I would be like yeah. the Goodwill Hunting star be like or like the star of Jersey Girl. Armag- <laughs> yeah, Ar- Geely. <laughs> Armageddon. Armageddon. Batman? Batman. I don't even know. I don't think anyone even saw that Batman, did they? Mm-mm. Well, Jailer for Lopez. never came out. <laughs> she loves it. She was watching the rushes. Although they're divorcing. <laughs> She's like, God, fucking stop smoking so much, but please, can I have a donut? I'm sorry. Are you drinking water out of a a Vitamix? Not a Vitamix. What is that? Yeah. Did my mom get that for you? No. I thought my mom bought that for you. What is that thing called? A mix? My own parents bought me this, okay? Not your parents. (laughs) I must have been thinking of myself because she bought me one. My parents. (laughs) (laughs) What is that called? I have one of those too. Yeah, it's It's not a Vitamix. It's not a Vitamix because that's the one for rich people. Like Beneflet probably has. A magic bullet. Yes, magic bullet. Beneflet probably has several Vitamixes. What they call like 40 grand each. He throws cigarettes in there. He and puts like cigarettes carrots. and donuts and fucking coffee in there and makes himself a little <laughs> chunky smoothie. And that's why they're getting divorced. <laughs> She's like, if I find one more fucking cigarette butt in my Vitamix, I'm going to fucking lose it. If the maid finds one more cigarette butt in the Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are they getting divorced because of well, Dunkin' Donuts? Famously, we covered this last week. Or whenever mm-hmm. we had our last podcast, we talked about these divorce rumors because they're like literally like Jen is going to break up with him because he smokes too much. Like she didn't know that before they went and got married to each other. You know what I'm saying? Why does he smoke? I mean, as someone who likes to smoke, I have a f- 
Like whenever I see pictures of Ben Affleck smoking, I'm like, why is this guy smoking? Like if I had as much money as Ben Affleck, I wouldn't smoke. I would have hired somebody I think it's to like, hypnotize me and help me stop smoking. I think it's like a rebellious act. You know, like I have it all. I'm a white man with billions of dollars and a Dunkin' Donuts deal. What? Right. And everything is going right in my life. And even though right. I have this fucked up back tattoo, Jennifer Lopez still married me. I need to smoke cigarettes to like balance I it all up. I forgot about that fucking <laughs> colorful rainbow colored phoenix that man has tattooed on his back. Yeah. That's probably why she's divorcing him. Can you fucking what? imagine giving him a back massage? No, she doesn't do that. Only the servants do that. But also he's like, babe, I can't, phoenix can't rise from the ashes unless there's ashes. So that's why I said smoke. <laughs> touche um hold on i just wanted to read a couple more (laughs) headlines Mm. about this phenomenon which is (laughs) the dunkin donuts affleck um harper's bazaar says ben affleck has turned jennifer lopez into a dunkin donuts girl you know she's in her 50s i feel like she's maybe a woman now um truth the little blurb beneath it says, Jennifer Lopez drinking Dunkin' Donuts for Ben Affleck may really be a masterclass in compromising for a happy marriage. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's the masterclass in the compromise, right. drinking an iced coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marie Claire reports, Ben Affleck took Jennifer Lopez to his beloved Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he love it so much? I mean, I I'm not even trying to throw shade, but it's weird. It is weird. Um, it's like, here's the weird part. It's not even like, I just, does he go in there? Yeah. Like, does he like walk in there? People have. All every day? I know. And like, he's always carrying like five coffees. Like, remember also when we saw that picture of him in his office and he had a soda machine in the background? <laughs> Yeah, he's a fucking caffeine junkie. Mm-hmm. Somebody stop this man. Somebody stop me. Okay, him. the Daily Mail reports Ben Affleck drags Jennifer Lopez to his favorite Dunkin' Donuts with their children in tow. <laughs> oh my God, the whole family and outing. He's like, you guys are going to love this. How embarrassing. Ever tried stale donuts before? <laughs> <laughs> They're munchkins. Oh, yeah. The- Tiny. <laughs> okay, the munchkins are good, though. I will say that's fine with me. If that's what they're getting, that's fine. Also, their breakfast sandwich is like serviceable. I'll, I'll fuck around with that. I don't even have an issue with Dunkin' Donuts. I haven't been to a Dunkin' Donuts in a long time. I've gotten iced coffees there on like road trips. Yeah. I'm not even like, I'm not even mad at Dunkin' Donuts. Right. I'm just like, what's with this guy? Like, why doesn't he ever go to like Starbur- Starbucks? <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Seinfeld's coffee shop. <laughs> The Seinfeld Coffee Shop, Starburst. Um, <laughs> um, okay, one more. Um, I have one more headline for us from Glamour. Okay. Ben Affleck kissing Jennifer Lopez while holding Dunkin' Donuts is the best. <laughs> yeah, sure is. <laughs> it sure is. Oh uh, yeah. So I don't, I love it. I guess I'm um, here's my question though: Is what is she getting there? Because like she is obsessed with health, famously. So is she getting, like, a sugar-free vanilla latte or something? I mean, she could just be getting, like, a plain black iced tea. That's true. That's true. You know? It's just, like, the con- it does make me, like, have a weird, funny, like, triggered feeling of all the compromises you make for, like, <laughs> a dude. And you just, like, let all this stuff fly. Like, all right, so what? You wear, like, weird 
sweatshirts with disturbing graphics on yes. them or like you know you have like uh no graphics. underwear or you have no underwear <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you <laughs> you know i don't know do you think there are people who just have no underwear at all not even a single pair like if their parents buy them underwear they throw it away <laughs> that's what i'm saying i'm just saying i'm sure there's someone who's like acquiesced to this or like okay you put pop rocks on your spaghetti Hmm. or you know what I mean like um yeah I mean last night when I went to the bar they were playing the movie Elf which is of course a little too soon but um in that movie Zoe what is her name Deschanel Deschanel she loves a fucking elf who puts maple syrup on his spaghetti so like love conquers all you know what I'm saying yes (laughs) it, it sure folks it sure does let me tell you you heard it here first. Yeah. Hard-hitting, groundbreaking news. Didn't you find a copy of Ferret Weekly yep. in somebody's apartment? No, once? I found it at when I worked for the Department of Education. Well, I worked in the building. They had this old top-floor cafeteria, but it was no longer used as a cafeteria. It was oh. just kind of like people would just hang out up there. They had, like, Ferret magazine with just like pictures of ferrets, including like a fold out centerfold thing, like you would have in a porn magazine. <clears throat> Covered in dried jizz. I have <laughs> been recalling this story. The reason I brought it up is because I think I've retold this story to people that you found ferret monthly or ferret weekly even in like a guy's house Ooh, that you no. went home with and then you had sex with him anyway, which is a funnier story. I'm going to keep telling it. Well, then I way. had sex with the ferret that lived there. <laughs> It is long. What? <laughs> oh. um, you can't make ferret sex jokes anymore. Everything is so sterile nowadays. Well, God. I'm just thinking about it going up mm. in that area. I don't think it would be very pleasant. I don't know. No well, shame. No shame. No shame to the ferret. Um, the ferrets of the world. Um, but speaking <laughs> of ferrets, yes. our topic today is incredibly food related, as per usual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, this was Zara's idea, everyone. Not unlike when Zara made us do World War II. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, next week, expect World War I, I know, we, part keep, one. we keep promising to part all the wars. Threatening. <clears throat> next week, part one of an eight-part series on World War One. You think Everyone's Ken Burns war. has covered everything about the war? No. We're going to find <laughs> some tidbits that you didn't know anything about. Um, yes, we're doing today pets, people, pets. Um, dot com. And so, <laughs> so I decided to do the pet rock, the story of the pet rock, which, Oh my God, I love it. And some people probably know what that is. Hopefully. Um, okay. If you're old enough. So I got all of this info from mentalfloss.com, which we've used this website multiple times, but I didn't really think about it until today that they actually mean like flossing your brain, like you're flossing your teeth. Or, yeah, like dental floss, but mentally. Huh. Okay, well, I don't get it, but whatever. <clears throat> that hasn't stopped me from stealing all of their hard-hitting reporting. <laughs> um, okay, so the inventor of the pet rock is a man, was a man, named, spoiler alert, he's dead. Gary. Gary dead as a pet rock. <laughs> Gary Dahl, D-A-H-L. Um, he was a freelance advertising copywriter in the year of our Lord, 1975. Um, he was out, 70s outfits on, having drinks with friends, um, 
and somehow the topic of the destructive nature of pets came up. So these people sound like monsters to me, but what do I know? They're all dead now. So it's fine. Um, they're like, yeah, pets fucking suck. They ruin your furniture. You have to walk them. You have to feed them. You have to clean up after them. They need attention all the time. We hate them. True. And, and the like, hair. I mean, I feel like we've been pretty against pets on this show. And by we, I mean me. Anti-pet. Yeah. And I feel like we're doing this whole episode about being pets. Um, Dogs are good, but that's the only really acceptable pet, in my opinion. Well, you can have a bird. We would, we would come around to that, right? I'm still against Mike. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not sold on birds, really. But it's fine for others. I would never have one. I'm afraid of birds. I'm slightly afraid of birds. Slightly afraid of birds. That's that's fine. Um, okay, so anyway, Dahl is listening to his friends bitch about their pets. And he's like, I don't have to worry about any of that because I have a pet rock. And they're like, oh, Gary, you're such a fucking idiot. We hate you. Go home. <clears throat> so he did go home. And when he went to his house... He wrote an owner's manual for this dumb pet rock. Obviously, he's wasted, um, but still productive, which is something I aspire to be as well. Um, he wrote an owner's manual for this pet rock idea, um, how to handle it, how to take care of it, what tricks it can perform, mostly playing dead, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, it sure is. Then the article pointed out, the gag isn't the rock itself, but the way it was presented. So... He basically really follows through with this. He constructs this sort of box with air holes in it like you get when you get a pet from the pet store so it can breathe. Um, and then he like basically makes it look like an actual pet carrier. Um, he was really invested oh, in this wow. idea because he was broke as hell. So he didn't have any money. It was the 70s. There was like a gas sure. crisis. <clears throat> Um, so he was like, I'm going to monetize this fucking rock idea. So he got two of his friends and he was like, Hey guys, I need you to give me $10,000. And they were like, that is totally fine. Um, in 1975, $10,000 is roughly the equivalent to $90 billion today. So it was a big investment from his friends. That's a lot. <laughs> wow. Jeez. And that investor was Elon Musk. Yes. Famous man, Elon Musk. <laughs> I like to say Elon Musk. <laughs> I like to say Elia Kazan. Um, <laughs> I like to say Elio's Pizza. Um, um, okay. So, yeah, his buddies gave him 10 grand. And essentially the article makes this claim that similar to Chattering Teeth and the Hula Hoop, the pet rock was successful because of the timing when it came out. Vietnam had ended, but Watergate was fresh in people's minds. So people needed a gag gift, apparently, because of Watergate. I don't know. <laughs> to deal with the stress of Watergate? <laughs> oh, my God. They're all out of the snakes exploding out of the can. First, I wish there was just something else. I love just being like, first Vietnam, now this? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get me a whoopee cushion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so he went around, found some rocks from the local sand and gravel place, um, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, hole in the ground or whatever. Um, sure. they sourced their rocks from Rosarita beach in Mexico. I don't know why they know that. Um, they cost one penny each. They're very okay. affordable. I mean, obviously a penny in today's terms is like $700, but back then that was cheap. 
Um, so he marketed this. He got it all together. He got all the fucking rocks. He went to a gift show in San Francisco. I don't know what a gift show is. I guess it's where you well, show people off some gifts that they can buy. <laughs> yeah, like, you like the way this gift looks? Check, hey. out, check out my gifts. <clears throat> um, and my gifts. So, yeah, he shows it up, and for some reason, people were into it because they're like, oh, my God, Watergate is so stressful. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm need, not eating. I'm not sleeping. I just need some gifts, and then I'll be fine. Give <laughs> uh, me my gifts. Um, so yeah, people were into it. Neiman Marcus, I guess, was at the gift show. I don't fucking know. They placed an order for one thousand American rocks, and then get the fuck out of here. Actually, they're not American rocks, are they? They're Mexican rocks. They're Mexican rocks. So then Bloomingdale's hops <laughs> on board, and Bloomingdale's having pet rocks to me is bizarre but the 70s was it's a crazy time shocking. yeah like i would have not thought that i would have thought maybe like joke shops yeah. or something or like spencer's gifts or whatever they had in the crazy 70s crazy eddies yeah um then newsweek did a story with pictures they pointed out that the story had pictures in the article which i thought was interesting uh <laughs> and people got really excited and then this guy went on The Tonight Show twice. So this man was on The Tonight Show talking about his stupid pet rock idea. Um, and it became... What the fuck? I know. <laughs> it became a... That's because no one was famous back then. There was like five celebrities. Unlike now. Now you can never get on The Tonight Show. No. But like Watergate is what... You know, people just were like, we are desperate for like a, an innocent man to be like a yeah. celebrity. Because of Selling Watergate. smooth rocks. <laughs> <laughs> smooth, smooth, cold um, so then, yeah, it became a national phenomenon. My father has a pet rock. Um, Get the hell out. Sure does. Um, really? Yeah. He got Still. it in the 70s. Yeah, he's kind of a keep a, keep a lot of stuff around kind of guy. Um, Do Does it have a name? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, he Okay, so the holidays come around. <clears throat> and Gary is like, I was probably selling about 100,000 pet rocks per day. So he eventually sells 1.3 to 1.5 million. They don't really know how many he sold. Um, His investors made $200,000 back on their original investment of $10,000. And then Dahl gave both of them Mercedes. um, Wow. And he himself became a millionaire because he was making 95 cents profit on every rock that he sold. Because they cost That is unbelievable. A penny. Yes. Um... So he's a millionaire. He formed his own firm called Rock Bottom Productions. So when people called, the receptionist would say, you've reached Rock Bottom, which I guess they thought was funny. Um, I love it. Because of Watergate. <laughs> so then... And this is all because of Watergate. Of course, his fucking investors are like, you know what, dude? You're a millionaire and we only have $200,000 in this stupid, shitty Mercedes. We're going to sue you. So they did. Really? Yeah. They sued, they won, and he had to write them a check for six figures. We don't know how much the amount was, but we know that it was Aww. six figures. Doll. Um, by 1976, just um, one year later, the, no one's buying the rocks anymore. People are over it. So he tried to do something else. He tried to do canned earthquakes, which is a no. <laughs> can that shakes around on your table. <clears throat> He also wow. tried to make a sand growing kit so that you would grow sand, which is obviously hmm. a joke. Um, neither one of those worked out, obviously, because they are stupid. 
Um, well, people are also getting more used to, to you know, dealing yeah. with the fact that Watergate of, happened. Yeah, Watergate, the, the stress was like wearing off a little bit. People were like, I can trust again. <laughs> Watergate is over. I feel now I can feel something. So basically, Gary's out of luck. So what he does is he decides to buy and renovate a bar in Las Gatos. He calls it Carrie Nation Saloon. Um, he eventually also goes back to advertising. Um, in 2000, he won a fiction contest. Um, wow. in 2001, he wrote advertising for dummies, the famous novel. Um, and then in the 2015, Bible. he died. <laughs> uh oh. But there's a, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's a happy ending. You presently at this moment can go on Amazon.com and buy a pet rock if you would like to do so. So fear not, people. Just because the man is dead, his dream lives on on Amazon.com. The thing about <clears throat> a pet rock that's so confusing to me, isn't <laughs> it like that someone would want to have a pet rock? Like be like, oh, this is funny. Like I'm going to take a rock and put it in my house and treat it like a pet. Yeah. The thing that makes no sense is why someone would buy a pet rock because rocks are so widely available, really. I mean, I guess in a city it's harder to find a rock. <laughs> Maybe you'd have to have like a pet brick or something. Yeah. Do you think that there are bricks just more accessible than rocks? I don't know. I have like two bricks in my house. I don't even know where I got them. You have two bricks in your house? Yeah. Where are <clears throat> well, they? they're outside. They're on my windshield, on my windshields, on my uh, <laughs> windowsills. I use them to prop up my air conditioning. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder where you did get those. We'll never know. They um, were just around somewhere. Yeah. They're, they're my just... pets. They're my precious pets. <laughs> Pet brick. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's not just about the rock. It's about the marketing. It's about the box. Mm, it's about yeah. the owner's manual, which by the way is 34 pages long. That's insane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but also I think that man's a genius and I like really do have a lot of like respect for someone who comes up with like, uh, I don't know, something to kind of trick dumb can, like people into buying stuff. Like, and I, it has to be very specific because obviously yeah. we, you know, to don't want to take advantage people, of consumers. Yeah. Who have been burned by Watergate. By Watergate. You're getting them when they're the most vulnerable. People are just walking around in the 70s wearing flares and being upset about Watergate. And that is why the Pet Rock was popular. <laughs> well, let's not say Richard Nixon, everyone's favorite president, didn't do anything yeah. for you Famously folks. not a flare wearer. <laughs> oh, no. He wore flares just in private on his days off. Ah, uh, yes. When he's eating cottage cheese right out of the bucket. <clears throat> With ketchup. Mm, yum. Mm. Okay, great. I love that story. And um, I'm going to go around and look around in my yard for a rock quickly, and we'll be back. Support comes from the Pennsylvania Hemp Summit. Join us for the Pennsylvania Hemp Summit trade show and reception at the Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg on November 14th and 15th. Connect with industry stakeholders and grow the industry together through our 2023 industry planning sessions, industry and legislature panel discussions, success story sharing, professional development workshops, and a research showcase. Register to attend or get involved by exhibiting or sponsoring. Details at pahempsummit.com. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new series on Heritage Radio Network called The Culinary Call Sheet, where we give a peek into the back kitchen of culinary media. I'm your host, April Jones. And I'm your co-host, Darren Bresnitz. Part of why we started this show was to offer an unofficial mentorship for anyone who is interested in learning about all aspects of food and video, whether that's TV, social media, online, or just something you want to do for fun. Absolutely. What was once niche or a little silly, as I'm sure you remember, Darren, when we started out. Yes, ma'am. Has now become such a massive playing field for so many creatives using food as the medium. It's something that has driven us professionally and personally for so many years. What excites me the most about this show is that we're going to sit down with some of the industry leaders to hear how they made it and what drew them into this industry. With 20 years in the culinary production game ourselves, we're hoping we can give, through these conversations, an insider's view into personal stories from the field, as well as an in-depth behind-the-scenes look into some of the most popular food programming in today's evolving culinary media landscape. We'll be covering everything from how to style your food, to how to license IP, to developing your own ideas, and some tips from the masters of how to host your own show. Yeah, it's a little bit of conversation, how to, and how do you do the things that you do in culinary media, which I'm so excited about. I love so many of the guests that are coming on this season. We have talent from Food Network, from Vice Media, Eater, Refinery29. We've met some of the best people in the world, both in front of and behind the camera. And we're bringing them all together to share their stories, their delicious adventure, and their unique journey into this crazy world. So to be the first to hear our episodes when they launch this fall, go to wherever podcasts are streaming and hit subscribe and make sure to give us a follow at the Culinary Call Sheet on Instagram. And we're back. Guess what? Here we are. Did you find a rock? Folks, uh, I found The Rock, uh, my favorite actor. Okay. Did you For smell like he was, he was out there. cooking? Did you smell he was cooking all day? <laughs> yes. He's cooking codfish yes. as usual. Yes, he loves As to. always. Yes. He loves it. Nicole, I'm going to tell you a story today about <clears throat> a pet, which is also a food. What? I know, it's shocking. I'm shocked. Now, I had originally thought perhaps I'll do Garfield because my life is so much about lasagna. Yes, that is true. And so is Garfield's. He fucking loves that shit. He However, loves it. It's boring. The story of Garfield is boring. The cartoon... I don't know. Is it terribly funny? I'm not really sure. Is, but I do like the Garfield <clears throat> Christmas cartoon. Mm, I'm not familiar with it, really. What happens? Is there uh, lasagna? Santa Claus, like, probably arrives at some point. I don't really know. Okay. It sounds great. However, <laughs> I pivoted. I switched. Then for a moment, I said, should I do pet food? Then I thought, mm, too gross. Yes. <clears throat> too slimy. Too gross. Like, I have to feed my neighbors cats upstairs sometimes and I don't mind doing it because I do really like my neighbors. So I just do it. But I have to confess that cat food is my least favorite food. Yeah. It's pretty squishy. It's so disgusting. It makes me gag every time. I'm going to start telling people that when they're like, are there any foods you don't like? I'm going to be like, I don't know, canned cat food. I really don't like canned cat food. Yeah. Dry cat food is fine. Still a little smelly though. Much better. I mean, I would definitely eat dried cat food before canned wet cat food. 
Um, but instead, I'm going to tell you a story about goldfish, everyone's favorite pet that only lives for two days. Oh, no. I thought you were going to be like alpacas, but those aren't food. Those are clothes. Yeah, that's clothes. No, very few people keep an alpaca as a pet. Some do, but many don't. <laughs> many don't. Correct. <laughs> many Many people do not have an alpaca as a pet. <laughs> However, if you've ever been a child, you've probably killed a goldfish. Oh, yeah. I have 100%. And then had your parents flush it down the toilet. Mm, we had to eat ours. Okay. Well, I'm going to get to that in the end. Now, <laughs> folks, first we're going to talk about goldfish that you can eat. That's the right, cracker. everyone. The cracker goldfish. Delicious cracker. Not just for babies. Not, not anymore. And it originally wasn't for babies at all. So are you, do you know that goldfish are a Pepperidge farm snack? Yes. Okay. They are I the only people much about that it. have those stupid, because they have the same container that like Milano cookies comes in, which is like weirdly right. like a rolled top paper bag. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Their packaging is strange. We're going to get to Milano's in a minute as well. They come into play very briefly in this story. So in 1937, during the Great Depression. Pre-Watergate. This is pre-Watergate. This is several decades before Watergate. So people were depressed then as well. And then they got happy for a while. And then again, depressed. Yeah, right back at it. So in 1937, a woman named Margaret Rudkin Mm -hmm. was also depressed, um, but not so depressed because it seems like she was kind of rich. She was a married homemaker. She had three sons. She lived in Connecticut on a farm that was named after, you guessed it, their local pepperidge tree. What's a pepperidge tree? Who cares? I didn't didn't bother to look. I didn't know that pepperidge was a real thing. Yes, it's a real tree and a real farm. So her youngest son has like asthma and allergies and doctors are like, bitch, you need to move your family to Arizona where it's dry. And she's like, absolutely fucking not. I like it here in my pep- pepperidge farm. Okay, but also allergies, whatever. These doctors are quacks. Exactly. Well, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the person and the doctor at the hotel and one of the fresh Colorado air. They all thought it was about air. Yeah, that's right. Air schmear. That's what this woman said. So... She instead starts, like, looking at, like, his diet, and she starts fucking with the different bread and making, like, this delicious grainy bread that everybody liked. And so then her stockbroker husband, I guess one of the stockbrokers that had not jumped out of a building during the Great Depression. One of the few, um, yeah, that lived. The one living stockbroker starts bringing <laughs> loaves of her bread into the city and selling it at specialty stores. While he had time to do that while also stockbroking? I know. That's what I'm saying. This man is a multitasker. And then in the beginning of the 40s, she's now sold a million loaves of bread. Wow. is a lot. So that means that she had to fucking make a million loaves of bread, which is time-consuming. Who's cleaning up her house? I have no clue. I don't know what's happening. The kids that went to Arizona, she's by herself. Did this solve his allergies? (laughs) That is unclear. We don't know. Great. So then through the 50s, now these two are rich and they start jet setting through Europe and they uh, bring back the Milano cookie from Belgium. They start producing that. Um, In 1961, Pepperidge Farm has like 58 products and they sell the company to Campbell's Soup for $32 million. And she becomes the first woman on the board and continues like traveling around the world with her husband looking for new stuff that she can bring back. 
and like market at Pepperidge Farm, like that she can steal and yeah. put the Pepperidge Farm label on. Totally. I did not know that Milano cookies were not an invention by Pepperidge Farm, which is, of course, stupid of me. I know. And also, if I would have thought they would have at least been from Milan, but no, they're <laughs> from Belgium. <laughs> Strangely. You know what, though? I really do love a fucking Milano. Um, the dark chocolate ones. And me too. And I know you're going to say, get out of town to this, but I no, like the mint Milanos. Don't say it. <laughs> I love the mint Milanos. In fact, I might score myself a paper bag of those <laughs> later today. I haven't had them in years. They're yeah, so good. They're good to dip into coffee because they get a little. Yeah. Yeah. They get soft. I like them dipped in cold milk. I'm going to have to get some too now. I'm very excited about this. I think they have like a holiday kind too, like pumpkin-y ones. Oh, excuse. Excuse. <laughs> Um, okay, so then in 1962, these crazy lunatics are running around in Switzerland and they, they come by alive? a company. <laughs> I know. They're like 800 at this point, just like running around Europe. They come by a company called Cambly, and this company is making fish-shaped crackers called Goldfischi. <laughs> Goldfischi. <laughs> the guy makes these crackers because he, like, fucking loves the shit out of his wife, and she's a Pisces. So that's why he starts making the crackers Aww, in the shape of fish. That's cute, but also kind of weird, but whatever they want, it's fine. And so she retires, Rudkin retires from the board of Pepperidge Farm, or like Campbell's in 1966. But before that, she brings the goldfish over. And they are a hit, folks. But with more with the drinking crowd than the children. Oh, interesting. Also, it's the 60s. We're getting dangerously close to modern gay times. Exactly. People are like a sensing that something is amiss and yeah. they're just packing their faces full of goldfish to deal with the stress of <laughs> impending doom. Um, were the original so, ones cheese flavored? Uh, no, the original ones were not cheese flavored. They were just like cracker flavored. Yeah. Um, and Julia Child puts goldfish out as a Thanksgiving appetizer to complement her. Now, I hadn't heard of this drink before, but I like really like it. It's called a reverse martini, and it's vermouth on the rocks with a floater of gin. Oh, interesting. That I know. sounds delicious so, with crackers. It sounds fucking great and so they become really popular and then this is a weird fact about goldfish the machines that are used to make the crackers uh came from a world war ii nazi code breaker Uh who was instrumental no a code breaker so he was like did a good thing oh i will i thought he was a nazi because you said he was a nazi code breaker i thought he was oh wait (laughs) maybe he was a nazi code breaker. oh no it's a bad thing yeah he's bad he's He's a nazi sorry he's bad um, he was a Nazi. I guess I wanted him to be good so badly. Yeah, I anyway. Know. Yes, he is bad. <laughs> um, speaking of Seinfeld, do you remember the Seinfelds where like Jerry's parents found out that he was like making out during Schindler's List? <laughs> I feel like I have seen that one, actually. Oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, they came from an, a World War II bad Nazi code breaker who was instrumental in convincing Hitler that allies were set to land in Calisus, not Normandy. Oh, wait, so he sounds good. That's what I thought. He it's told, hard to know. He lied to Hitler's face about where they were right. landing. So well, that's, that's why I thought good. he was good. Okay. Yeah. I think he was good because then it says during the rebuilding of Europe, Ralph Hauerstein was in Germany and came across a man who was making dough into fish shapes with a hand crank press. Hauerstein had engineered designed had engineers design equipment to mass produce the snacks and shared the technology with the German baker and sold the machine to Pepperidge Farm. This is fascinating. I think this guy was, like, good. 
because it's... I think so. Right? Yeah, because he lied to Hitler and he was like, listen, right. they're not going to be in Normandy. They're going to be someplace else. And Hitler was like, thanks, dude. Peace. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. And then I got very nervous that I was like <laughs> saying Promoting that this like fishy. pro... pro- <laughs> Nazi fish, Nazi fish propaganda on this podcast. <laughs> and we become canceled beyond belief. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So in 1977, uh, TV ads run because they wanted to make them less of a bar snack and more of a snack for kids. And so in order to do so, they fucking, they add a smile to the fish. Like yeah. they normally didn't come with a smile, but they're like, let's put a smile on this thing. And they start including the expertise of an experimental social psychologist named Marianne LaFrance. And she's the one who came up with the fish face. This woman <laughs> reminds me of the doctor that was on Mad Men. Mad Men? Mad Men, you know, like the doctor, the psychologist that like Don starts dating the yeah, blonde yeah, woman yeah. before and he gets married to Megan. Right for Megan, yeah. Spoiler alert. Exactly. So this is who I'm picturing, like a psychologist who's like working at an ad agency. That's probably like true. Them. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you know what these stupid little blank fish need? A face. <laughs> exactly. Which just sounds like the kind of greatest job. But so the, she says, LaFrance says, LaFrance sounds like a amazing. fake name. Just yes. For the yeah. record. Okay. I am of Quote, France. <laughs> yes. Marine. Uh, I am Dr. Marianne LaFrance. Uh, <laughs> data shows kids are drawn to smiling faces. And I consulted with Pepperidge Farm on what the smile should look like. It couldn't be a smirk or some crazy joker type of thing, says LaFrance, wow. a professor of psychology at Yale. The face needed to be safe and warm. They mastered it beautifully okay but i think that if they had instead given these fish joker smiles that would be better i mean how much like how i don't know how much deviation you could really do it's like the tiniest little like line you know what i mean yeah 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 but i'm just saying she is a doctor in france she is a french doctor famously from france um all right well Fine. I don't also, how would they, a, what is a smirk really on an inanimate, inanimate I know, object? like a sarcastic looking yeah. goldfish. And then everyone would know that like the yeah, shape the kids was created like, by Nazis. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> she's like, no smirking here. Let's not tip anybody off. Okay. So about 142 billion goldfish get made per year, which seems like I would love to jump many. into a pool of that. Can you imagine just jumping into a, you'd probably sink and die you would probably yeah the weight of the goldfish would crush you to death what a way to go (laughs) okay (laughs) i know right um okay so here's another thing goldfish crackers are actually meant to be enjoyed in soup sure i've done that before tomato soup with goldfish delish but like that's what they were kind of created for to be just thrown into soup no one ever thought of eating them plain they're the same as oyster crackers in size Right. Exactly. Yeah. But they're fish shaped, which makes sense. They'd be swimming in soup. Right. Um, I was looking at some recipes for things you can make with goldfish crackers. The craziest one I found was this like homemaker lady from Utah who makes goldfish nachos. I don't. That's not that is an affront to me. A huge nacho fan. It's like you, the, you there's so to, many problems. With you have it. to eat like, it with this with this with silverware because you can't pick yeah. up an individual fucking goldfish the whole point of a nacho is to have a like wide vehicle yeah. that acts as the utensil this okay. is like so counterintuitive 
it made me so mad. She microwaved the whole thing. What? And then I stopped looking at recipes. She microwaved I, it? Yes. No. Oh, no. I just She's thought, a whore. I just. <laughs> She's a, She's a hoe. <clears throat> um, yeah, I just looked at this picture. It, literally, there is a serving spoon in it because that's how you have to eat it because it's tiny, tiny goldfish covered in meat. It feels like a meat cereal. It's wrong. <laughs> Don't make this, please. Okay. Now, I became immediately turned off from finding goldfish recipes and then pivoted to your favorite website and mine, pondinformer.com. I love Pond Informer because I'm always like, I need to be more informed about ponds. That's true. Who doesn't? They're little, <laughs> they're wet, they're frogs in them, and I, I just try to avoid oh, them. Oh, right. I'm actually shocked that you went onto this website because they're kind of I know. I had to look at it through peeking through my fingers. <laughs> so um, I wanted to know if you can eat goldfish, and I found my answer here on pondinformer.com. They say <laughs> they are essentially a domesticated version of wild carp from East Asia that have been bred over many, many years to have specific uh, coloration and shape. So they're carp. You can eat them, essentially. Yeah. Um, goldfish have historically been bred for eating in China. They've also held very high spiritual significance. And in the ninth century, it was common practice for fishermen to keep brightly colored goldfish they caught in order to release them into Buddhist mercy ponds. What's a mercy then, pond? Were you, well, in these, you I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, okay. In these sacred ponds, the fish were cared for by monks and protected from predators, be they birds, cats, or humans. Cats are not yep, going to be in a, away. in a pond. Cats don't like ponds, do well, they? And maybe in ninth century China they did. Things cat have changed. Listeners, call in. <laughs> call in if you're a cat, please. Do you like ponds? Yay or nay? <laughs> not um, the cold cream, though. The watery <laughs> place. <laughs> oh, yes, not the cold cream. We know you like that. <laughs> Um, okay, so in this very specific decade, from 1884 to 1894, the U.S. Commission of Fish and Fisheries gave away free goldfish to promote them. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's what we needed to focus on. Okay. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Well, it was like, pre-Watergate, you know? That's true. It was a simpler time. Yes. Um, these fish were becoming very abundant and popular, and the government was handing out around 20,000 goldfish a year to try to, like, make it, like, fetch happen. I was like, chill, They're government. Like, we want people to have, every household must have a goldfish for 24 hours before they die. <laughs> and don't tread on me, big brother. Um, okay, so anyway, um, this is a direct quote from the article that made me LOL. Quote, there may be a few reasons that you'd find yourself curious to find out what a goldfish tastes like. Maybe their popular snack cracker has planted the idea in your head. Nope. Or maybe you love the taste of other fish and want to taste what a goldfish tastes like out of sheer curiosity, exclamation point. <laughs> Whatever the reason may be, goldfish are technically edible, but eating one won't likely cause any long-term health issues. That being said, there are some risks involved. Whether you eat a goldfish raw or cooked. <laughs> Sushi grade goldfish. <laughs> in, the, in the cartoons, people just eat them whole, alive. Yes. We are so close, I feel like, to a point where we all have to eat goldfish. And we're going to listen back to this episode in a year when we're just like eating nothing but like raw goldfish and being like, oh, how we used to joke and joke about goldfish eating. Now well, there's no food. Probably pop mine in the microwave and put some ground beef on top of it. <laughs> yeah, and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Okay, another direct quote from this article in Pond pondstands.com wherever the <laughs> trend of quote goldfish swallowing has grown in popularity over the past decade the trend it it's a trend yes everyone's doing it the government's handing them out to people so they could just swallow them <laughs> with a covid shot uh, for all you you know covid truthers that is what happens when you go get your vaccine that is you true that's true to swallow um this involves taking a live goldfish and swallowing it a whole it's fairly common to dare a common dare or a bar trick but doing this can lead to health complications a bar not trick to mention, a bar trick You're not to mention bringing a goldfish to a bar first right. of all sounds like uh, a folks joke. <laughs> a man walks into a bar with a goldfish <laughs> um not to mention it's a slow and stressful <laughs> this is true not to mention it's a slow and stressful way for the fish to die. Oh, God. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. really Live upset. goldfish are very likely to carry harmful parasites, including intestinal worms, and can, that can be transmitted to humans! Exclamation point. Well, joke's on you, freak, for swallowing a goldfish in the middle of a bar. <clears throat> yeah, don't eat a goldfish when you're at a bar. Just, you know, peacefully have your drink and then go home and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> there are also many types of harmful bacteria that goldfish carry that are transmittable to people. These bacteria can be transmitted whether the fish is eaten raw or cooked. Uh-oh. So it is important to really think hard before deciding to eat a goldfish. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's important to think hard before deciding to eat anything, I feel. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Folks, so no goldfish eating understood yeah don't eat goldfish the cracker or the animal well i like the cracker though i simply must eat those the cracker to me i have to be honest i know this isn't a popular opinion is fine like (laughs) i'm not against it but i certainly would not care if i never had another one for the rest of my life i haven't had them in a long time but i stopped buying them because i would have to stop myself from eating the whole bag if you eat the whole bag it's like literally like 800 calories it's quite a lot (laughs) Yeah, I just find them to be, like, dry. Like, I'm not into just a plain cracker. Like, if mm. and they're not really quite big enough to dip in something, so right. I've just never really been into them. I'd rather have, like, I don't know, anything else. A Trisket. Yes. Well, that's a cracker that I don't mind eating plain. It's right. so satisfying, the crunch and the weave of it all. The weave, exactly. Yeah, the weave. Um, Nicole... Should we touch on like maybe three favorite pets we've had in our lifetimes, either our own or famous pets and from movies and TV? Okay. First of all, I would like to talk about my number one favorite movie pet. May he rest in power. Air Bud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my second favorite movie pet, Beethoven. I was going to say Beethoven. Sorry, hold on. My That's third, fine. my third and final pet, Babe, Pig in the City, Babe Ugh. Two, Pig in the City. Actually, um, gotta love Babe. That's cute pet. Um, I'm gonna go with a fringe pet that gets a bad rap, but <laughs> is lovable if you get to know him. That's right, folks. We're talking about Cujo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very fringe, but also a Saint Bernard. Exactly. Um, secondly, I'm going to go with Seabiscuit. <laughs> oh yeah. What a great guy that horse was at. Yeah. What a great movie starring a... Toby Maguire. Yeah. Everybody's favorite actor, Toby Maguire. <laughs> what happened to him? Is he alive still? I think he's in that as I like new to call him. Spider-Man film. Mm. <clears throat> 
And my number one favorite pet, I guess I'm going to have to go with um, Marley. Marley. Oh, Marley and me. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. A movie I never saw. Most famous film. <laughs> or I might say The Squirrel from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, oh. which was not quite a pet, but an what animal about in the house. The Groundhog in Caddyshack. Oh, or The Groundhog in Groundhog Day, oh, which right. you rarely see. Rarely see, yeah. So okay. many animals, so little time. Folks, thank you for tuning in to this podcast about <laughs> pets and food, not pet food. Um, next week, part two, pet food. Pet food. What is the it? World War II version. <laughs> next week, tune in for our three-part series <laughs> on what pet food was like during World War One. <laughs> <laughs> this just in, it was raccoon. It was the um, same. <laughs> <laughs> it was Watergate. Okay, Nicole, I love you. I love you also. Fun episode, and um, we shall talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Hasta la pasta. Bye. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.